0: This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor.
1: And I'm physician and journalist Dr. Norman Swan. It's Tuesday, the tenth of August, twenty twenty-one.
0: And Norman, in the last week or so, we've seen COVID cases popping up in school communities and there's been a bit more of an understanding globally that kids can get the Delta strain of coronavirus, they can get pretty sick with it, they can pass it on. And we've got a few questions from our audience about how to factor kids into the COVID response because at the moment, uh, the vaccination targets are based around people aged uh, 16 and up. And so Janelle's asking about, you know, what this means for her family. If she's vaccinated, her husband's vaccinated, but they have a baby, three months old, who's not going to be able to be vaccinated any time in the near future. And Janelle's asking, what are the implications for families with young children if New South Wales comes out of lockdown on the back of a high vaccination rate? How do they protect their kid?
1: Look, it's an excellent question. So it's likely that in the not too distant future, we'll be immunising down to 12. So other kids in the house will be less likely to spread the virus to even younger children if you've got a family that's, say, under 12, but you've got a 12-year-old or above. And the fact that you've got a significant percentage of adults covered means there's less virus circulating. So that's that's the first thing. But it's true. There's 30% of the adult population are susceptible to uh, getting the infection and passing it on the virus will find younger and younger groups because the virus is going to have to continue to survive. That's what it's programmed to do. It doesn't have a brain and it will find any chink in the armour. And if the susceptible population is under 12, that's what it will go for. Now, it doesn't mean to say that it will be a more serious disease than it is at the moment in that group of people. It will just find younger people to infect. Coming to your question, how do you protect children There's something called cocooning, which is a bit controversial, but it's what you do with very young children, is that you make sure that anybody your child comes in contact with is vaccinated, if they can be. There is some evidence that in very young babies, say with whooping cough, that cocooning does help. It is controversial, I have to say, but that is one strategy. Another strategy is childcare centres need to be well ventilated and look at their ventilation. And now should be the time that they're looking at that. Open windows, circulating air, no stuffiness, getting somebody in to have, have a look at your airflow to make sure that if somebody does come in, then uh, infected or child comes in infected, there's a much lower chance of passing that on. We are going to have to test children, probably. So if you're in with other children, maybe rapid antigen testing on a daily or second daily basis, if you're going to childcare centres or you're on family daycare, and really being careful as a parent. And then we will be immunising, assuming the trials go well, we will be immunising down to the age of two at least, maybe even younger than that, and whether or not it... It goes into the year one schedule of childhood immunization. That's probably a fair bit down the track. But the good news is that the younger the child is, the milder the disease.
0: So we know that Pfizer is testing in kids as young as six months old and we've heard recently that Moderna is saying that they're considering using Australia as a trial country for COVID, its COVID-19 vaccine as well as the United States and maybe Canada. And Gilda's asking about this, sort of going, OK, like, yeah, great, we do want to be able to vaccinate kids, but how does it work ethically when you're including very young children in vaccine trials?
1: It's a good question. Um, they will have done some phase one studies in very young children, so they will be able to see to parents. Look, we've done a small study of this looking at safety effects. There's no safety signal. What we know is this, that they might get a sore arm and be a little bit sick, but that's what we know at the moment. One of the aspects of the trials that they're doing is what's the right dose for young children, because you don't give them the same dose of vaccine as older children or as adults. So it's a dose, these are dose-finding studies as well as effectiveness studies. And they'll give as much information as they can. And ethics committees will not allow this to happen unless the parent is fully informed about what they know and they they will have done preliminary studies of safety, but obviously the clinical trial is a much larger study. So there's an element of risk here for parents but the risk will have been minimised by the manufacturer.
0: And on the other podcast and radio show that Norman and I make, The Health Report, we actually looked at this a couple of weeks ago. Our uh, producer, Sarah Sedgi, did an an investigation into where the different vaccines are up to in young kids. So you can listen back to that on your ABC Listen app if you like as well. Yep. So locally, Norman, it's a bit of a mixed bag in terms of how different parts of Australia are dealing with COVID outbreaks at the moment.
1: So good news in Queensland, South East Queensland's come out of lockdown. They have had some extra cases, but they are on, they're in quarantine, which is where you want it. Cairns has gone into lockdown the other day or went into lockdown the other day on the basis of one case, but that was somebody who was circulating in the community. They seem to have got the link there. And also regional areas are at risk of COVID and they're a bit untested with COVID spread. So not just COVID spread, but also COVID tracing and testing. So I think that you're just going to have to be a little bit careful in regional areas in Australia.
0: What about in regional New South Wales? Because there's been some parts of regional New South Wales like Newcastle and up in Byron Bay that have potentially exposure sites.
1: And Tamworth. So Tamworth's going into lockdown for a few days because of somebody travelling from Newcastle who didn't know she was positive but turned out to be positive then went back. So a lot of exposure sites in Tamworth and that's a worry too. It just shows you how easily this can happen if people um, travel a lot when we're supposed to be being careful.
0: And Greater Melbourne is still dealing with an outbreak, but and it's probably a bit too early to say how that's going to play out yet.
1: There's still, as of yesterday, the majority of cases are circulating in the community, which is a real worry, and they've got to pin that down.
0: And so, some more questions, Norman, about vaccines. Uh, these ones are t- mostly talking about adults. A uh, question from Lynn about statistics. She's saying, I'm confused. New South Wales Health says two doses of either COVID 19 vaccine provides around 90% protection against hospitalisation and death from the virus. And Lynn said, I thought there was only a one in 10 chance of getting hospitalised if I get the virus to start with. So, what's going on here?
1: Well, look, this is a really good question. And we chatted about it before we started recording.
0: Yeah, it's such a good question. You didn't know the answer. You had to phone a friend.
1: Uh, I wasn't wasn't (laughs) sure. And I thought I I I knew the right answer. So I phoned a friend. Yes, yes.
0: um, You've got good friends, Norman. If I phoned one of my friends, they would have been like, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I forgot to get permission from this friend. Couldn't I quote who the friend was? But anyway, the friend is an eminent person in vaccines in Australia. And I asked him. And the answer is actually what I thought it was, which is that When you say when it says ninety percent, that's over the population of people who've been vaccinated. You get a ninety percent reduction. And it's a ninety percent reduction in the risk of hospitalization and death from the virus so that's called relative risk reduction so that means relative to your risk of hospitalization it goes down by 90% if you have the vaccine
0: so what does that mean for me as an individual
1: so if you get infected in new south wales at the moment there's round give or take a 1 in 10 chance of being hospitalized so that's what's called your absolute risk. So that's your risk personally of going into hospital. If you're vaccinated, that goes down by about 90%. So your one in 10 chance becomes one in 100. So 10% chance goes down to 1%.
0: So let's say we have 100 New South Welsh men and women and they're all vaccinated. Yep. What changes?
1: What changes is if they weren't vaccinated, 10 would end up in hospital. If they are vaccinated, one would end up in hospital. That sounds like a good result to me. Sounds like a good deal, doesn't it?
0: And one more question, Norman, from Matthew, who said, you said the other day, Norman, that the gap between doses of AstraZeneca was four weeks. Matthew says, here in Victoria, we were told yesterday that the gap is 12 weeks. How can two states have such different guidance? Is he's, he's finding it very confusing and frustrating.
1: Uh, I can understand that. And the Atagi advice is that when there's an outbreak on, you can reduce the gap in AstraZeneca down to four weeks. So the clinical trials were really designed to Get a benefit at four weeks. What they found was in the clinical trials that if you, there was a group of people who kind of by accident got their immunisation at twelve weeks and they got a better immune response. But AstraZeneca is actually approved down to four weeks. So if there's an outbreak on, you go down to you can go down to four weeks. I think that what's happened in Victoria is they've chosen to assume that Victoria, the outbreak is not that severe at the moment and that you could wait 12 weeks. Let me tell you, if it gets worse in Victoria, and I really hope it doesn't and it doesn't look like so, then they will reduce that gap because they need to to get people vaccinated as quickly as possible.
0: Right. So there's the push and pull between the overall effectiveness that might be higher, but you wait longer for it versus being covered more fully, more quickly.
1: I, I suspect that if you decided you wanted to get it at eight weeks, that your GP or the clinic wouldn't wouldn't fight you on it. And there's probably not that much of a difference between 12 and eight weeks. Uh, the evidence is, is not clear here. The numbers were not large. But the important thing when you've got an outbreak on is to get fully covered against the Delta variant as quickly as possible. That's that 90% we were just talking about, that risk reduction of 90%. And you get that at four weeks.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for on today's Coronacast. But of course, we'll be back tomorrow. Send your questions and comments to abc.net.au slash coronacast.
1: And we will see you tomorrow. See
0: you then.